Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Gals Geekdom Podcast. Sorry about that. My name is Crystal Williams. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm here with my equally talented, fun, amazing co-host, Lizzie and Jazzy. Hello. What's up, she, they? And Uh, we are back. You said, what what was that? I said she or he. She or he. Got it. I forgot about that part. It's okay. Clarification is good. The pronouns. <laughs> Whatever the opposite of pronouns are, I was going to make that joke, but that won't work. <laughs> Against nouns? I don't know. Uh, anti-nouns? Anti-nouns. Thank you. My brain was was not clicking all the wires. How is everybody today? I am doing just dandy. That's good. Just dandy, like a lion. Mm-hmm. I'm also happy because the, re- um, I, as you guys know, I wasn't here last week, and that's because my girlfriend was visiting. So, oh, very sweet. Yeah, I, very, very gay. Very gay. I, I'm very happy. So, uh, I, and 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 she, she's been listening to like every fucking episode of the show. So I want to say hi, 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 love, hi, Jordy. She's been listening to every episode. Oh no! Yeah, she. <laughs> oh, God. she like, I think she binged them, if I'm not mistaken. Like, <laughs> damn. And did that when we first started dating too, but I felt bad because that was I first started dating my girlfriend when I'd only been doing this podcast for like a couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> so I had to be like, sure, you can listen to it, but I'm not on it until until episode ten. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember Jordan listened to the other episodes or just the ones that started with me. So, well, that's like episode just, ten. So yeah, so I don't yeah. know if she. I, I might need to ask that if she watched it. If she listened to not watched. This isn't visual. Fuck. If it was, I'd have my tits out. Anyway, <laughs> um, we get the clicks, Jazzy. <laughs> hey, I I wouldn't mind making the sacrifice. Just saying. <laughs> It's for the good of the podcast. I have no shame. <laughs> good. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not sure if she watched. If she, listen, fuck, listen to episodes one through nine, or just started with ten when I started appearing. Well, one through nine have a very different vibe from ten oh. on. So it's when um it's when moi took over <laughs> right so uh but i i think i i hope i hope that she's like listening to us yammer on about random things um mm-hmm. ask her what her favorite episode was <laughs> i'm curious cuz to us i think um i think one of the best we did was i think we did a really good one with with ashley or morning um kevin conroy that was really good oh uh, sorry I think I think the episode of Kalen always stands up for me. Yeah, K- the Kalen one was especially great. I love that one. So, uh, Lizzie, do you thinking back? Do you have a do you have a favorite one we've done so far? Mm, probably the one that got lost into the ether, Crystal. Oh no, <laughs> the lost episode. <laughs> it was it was really good. We talked about music. Oh, good, and I did it while driving. <laughs> I'm so sad. Oh. Uh, 
watch it like suddenly just appear. <laughs> yeah, it'll just pop up one day and you can upload it separately as the lost episode. <laughs> or what if it showed up on someone else's? Talking about the same shit um, another time after that. It just wasn't as good. It was yeah. so much here the first time. Still, ah. Lost Media is fascinating to me. I fucking love, like, both Lost Media as well as media that time tends to just kind of drift away but doesn't completely go away. Which, speaking of which, I've been watching the old 90s Sailor Moon dub recently. Um. So, wait, so, so you watched Sailor Moon with the newer dubs recently, correct? As well? Yes, that's that's my familiar... The Viz dub is my familiarity with... Sailor Moon. The Deke so you dub watched is, it again with the dick dub. I mean, Deke dub. Well, I watched the first few episodes. I think I've gotten to like episodes three, episode three at this point, um, and decided to watch it. And I gotta say, speaking as someone who's only experienced the series like uncut, like through the Viz dub, going mm-hmm. to the heavily edited '90s English dub is fucking wild. Like, <laughs> like it's it's hilarious. And then when I re when I researched the production of the original dub, I would, I just, it was a rabbit hole. Like, I, <laughs> but, uh, cause so the thing about the nineties dub of Sailor Moon is as pretty much common knowledge by now, it has heavily edited for American slash Canadian TV. And a lot of, there were a lot of aspects that were changed around censored. There were episodes that were outright omitted um, and it's crazy, and watching it, and with all the weird, et- like, here's, here's, here's how crazy it was watching the first episode of the Deke Dub after being so familiar with the series through Viz. The first episode spoils the big twist of the, se- of the first season. Oh, God. <laughs> like, right in the opening sh- scenes, it spoils the first the, the like the third to last episode, which reveals pretty much all the backstory shit. <laughs> it's of course it does. It's so fucking bad, but it, but I will admit it's pretty hilarious to watch because this thing is a production nightmare. Like one of the villains in this series, his mic fucking peaks, and so all of his audio sounds like shit. And it's not the video, and it's not like the quality of the video grabs I got of this, of this dub, because everyone else sounds fine in terms of mic quality. (laughs) It's just this one guy, sounds like he's recording on a piece of shit that can't stop peaking, so hold on, I'm gonna get close to my mic, might wanna cover your ears. So every fucking line sounds like this. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, there's no one, like, and so I was intrigued because I realized there were a lot of issues with this dub on the audio and production side of things that I had to research if there was a lot of mismanagement in production. And there was. <laughs> uh... I would, it's, uh, but to go into the dub itself, no, it's kind of funny to watch, because honestly, if I'm being real, a lot of the actors for this particular dub aren't giving bad performances per se, they're just working with a bad script and very rushed direction. 
So, like, you think these actors probably could have done... You think they did fair for what they had, pretty much, right? Right, and I've and a few of these actors I've heard in other stuff, like Reno Romano, who voices uh, Tuxedo Mask for the first, like, 11 episodes before he said, fuck this shit. <laughs> Um, he voiced Spider-Man in the PS1, in the old PS1 video game, and I thought he was great there. Oh, that was him. Okay. I love mm. that game. Yeah, like, I've heard Reno Romano give good voice acting, and his performance as Tuxedo Mask really isn't bad given the circumstances. Um, but no, like, um, so here's, here's the production side I found out, like, um, the, an actress by the name of Tracy Moore, who was also the first voice of Usagi slash Sailor Moon slash renamed Serena in this dub, because like a lot of English dubs at this time, they Americanized the fucking names. Ah. So Tracy Moore was not only the first voice of Sailor Moon, she was also the first eight, um, English dub director for the series. And from what I can did research on, she tried basically like any good director wanted to get multiple takes from the actors on each line to get the best read they could. And keep in mind, they were working with unfamiliar territory here because anime dubbing just wasn't as like big as it is now. Keep in mind, this was back in the nineties. And so Hmm. she wanted to get multiple takes, but producers were just rushing the fuck out of her. And like, it was from what I could tell, it was such a bad, like, business and production environment that she ended up quitting like 11 or 12 episodes in a lot like and Reno Romano who I mentioned earlier left along with her and he claims Reno Romano in fairness said it was due to um wanting to pursue other opportunities but I think that was code for I realized a shit show when I saw one wow that's I mean it seems like obviously at that time they didn't really the production value wise anime wasn't a wasn't a priority in terms of like taking the time to be quality or care correct mm-hmm. outside of the talent maybe yeah yeah I, yeah and yeah and what's funny is a lot of the takes on these characters are fucking weird and wild like they so you have this character named naru renamed molly in this dub who is basically usagi's best friend who appears in a lot of episodes basically serving as a best friend character until other sailor guardians are introduced hmm <laughs> And she sounds like the best way I can describe the performance in the 90s dub is she sounds like a discount Harley Quinn. <laughs> you know, I need to uh, I need to at least YouTube some of these clips because that, that there's that a lot of right. there's a lot of out of context clips um, uploaded to YouTube. In fact, before now, that was pretty much my only experience with this dub was watching out of context clips because I didn't feel brave enough to du- to dive into this until now. but. I just thought it was just a stub. It was a bad English dub with some weird, stupid localization changes. One of the most infamous comes when uh, Uranus and Neptune are introduced, and you have their them being cousins. Yeah, that doesn't make things weirder. Not at all. But um, no, like no, it's wild because this dub like has a lot of edits. There's a lot of weird scene transitions added in. Like it's hard to describe the scene. Like the scene transitions used for because yeah they changed a lot of stuff visually so they added these weird fucking scene transitions that just feel odd and out of place and i don't it feels like power rangers i want to say <laughs> which i guess makes sense cuz that was a big thing around the point they were making this dub 
Mm-hmm. So no, it, it's just so it's just so wild seeing this piece. It, like I, I think it's a bad dubbing job, and I think Viz were godsends deciding to redub the whole thing when they got the rights to it. But I do think it's fascinating because like it, like it or hate it, it's a piece of it's a piece of anime history. This dub is history that I think should be better preserved. You know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I always think, I think we're, I think we brought up lost media, or the idea of lost media, and so keeping preservation like this sort of stuff is really fascinating, even if it's bad. <laughs> right, right, like, I remember, like, there's a lot of dubs, like, there's a lot of, like, anime sets with, like, newer dubs and stuff that might usually have an older dub on there for the sake of it, and I like that, like, both my copies of the movies Akira and Grave of the Fireflies not only have more recent English dubs on them by default, but you can select the older dubs from the 80s, too, if you want. And I appreciate that, because while I don't think they're necessarily good dubs, just due to the fact that this was made in a time where no one knew what the fuck they were doing with this thing. Well, true, and and maybe someone who had, like, like with, with Akira, maybe someone who has a more of a nostalgic appreciation for the sound of the old, older actors... Right, it's right. Nice to have that there. Right, and I think, and I think the same could be said for Sailor Moon because, like it or love it, this is this dub, this this specific way of watching Sailor Moon is nostalgic for a lot of people. It's probably I, how I watched it. Right, it is. It probably is. Young people, especially in the U.S., like came to this show. Mm-hmm. So I. I, I get why Viz doesn't, like, include it, like, especially since, like, you wouldn't just be including an, put, unlike with the case of Akira or Grave of the Fireflies, you're not just putting in an old audio track and calling it a day. No, like, the the video is different because they cut out a lot of scenes and there are just some episodes they just outright didn't do. So I get that it would be difficult. I just wish there was a way to preserve it because, again, it's it's part of anime history. This is the, th- this is the way people watch Sailor Moon back in the day, and it's the reason why it became such a big name in the anime scene in the U.S., you know? Yeah. I, I always think pres- preserving this is, stuff like that is, like, incredibly mm-hmm. crucial. I think right. it really does uh, reflect, um, you know, culture. Like, especially the cultural significance of how anime played a part in kind of becoming somewhat mainstream here, at least in that time, you know? Right, right. It'd be like if they did a redub of Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh or something. I'd still like them to keep a four kids dub. But like hell, as be- as infamous as it is, I kind of wish there was better media preservation for four kids as one piece dub because that shit's fascinating. Yeah, that that should be sort of you know kept mm. up. It's just I don't, I'm I'm very much a, a person who likes who gets excited about like lost or older media being preserved in a more digital age. I do, too. I mean, it's why I appreciate, like, one of my best pieces in my anime collection is of an anime called Escaflone. And the reason why I love this particular piece of my collection is I got the DVDs back when the old dub by by Ocean Entertainment was the dub for it before Funimation went and redubbed it. And now the Funimation redubbed version is pretty much the only like version you can get nowadays and i'm sure it's a fine dub it sounds it sounds great barring vic mignana but (laughs) 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 who who sounds fucking bored in every scene i hear him (laughs) but um like i do wish that they still had that older dub like and 
even the same with Evangelion, which I watched recently. Like I love the net, like I loved the Netflix stuff. It was really good. I just wish there was a way to watch the like a, an easy way to access the um the older dub that showed on Adult Swim back in the day. Just because I'd like to just just for the sake of comparison, like from what I can tell, there are versions of the Blu-ray set that do have the older dub. You just have to get the stupid expensive limited edition set. <laughs> That's that's where the idea of like physical media just being a better keeper of that stuff really sort of comes into play, right? Like we live in a yeah. streaming age and you think you think preserving those special features or alternate dubs and stuff would be fairly easy on these streaming sites, but most of the time they don't give a shit. It's no. so frustrating. It cuz frankly streaming should have been like should should have made this sort of special features. Yeah, I like that Disney does that, but mm-hmm. like I get it with stuff like Sailor Moon or anything Poor Kids has done because those aren't just audio tracks; those are like they completely edited the whole thing. So I get Fine. why that's harder to preserve. But with Evangelion, that's literally just an audio track. <laughs> just put it in, and then you can like switch it in the audio settings. Easy. Right. Right, it's like, you know, I get wanting to do a new dub because from what I have heard of it, yeah, there's a lot of aspects of the old dub that haven't aged particularly well in terms of performance. And that's fine if you want to do a new one because you feel like we can do better now. That's great. But leave the, but at least leave the option for the old one, you know? I, th- I think um, I think what's really getting a little bit annoying is as a fan of someone i'm a fan of like physical media obviously i like blu-rays mm-hmm. i like collecting that stuff and it feels like with streaming studios are starting to give a shit a lot less you know like yeah it's just it's not convenient for them to keep up with this stuff which is leading to really bad scenarios where pirates are having to be essentially the the media preservation you know Pretty much, and like you could, you could. How it is, though, honestly, a big part of the reason why we have been able to preserve and save and rediscover so much previously lost media is because of people owning things that they shouldn't. <laughs> Pretty much, like the whole, the whole reason I'm able to watch the full deep dub, the original English dub of Sailor Moon, is because someone had the files and just said, fuck it, I'm going to make an archive that people can access. That's awesome. The reason Nosferatu is, like, so rare and difficult is because all copies of Nosferatu legally were supposed to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. And one survived. Nosferatu only survives because it was, um, a copy was illegally uh, held on to. That's amazing. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the um, what's his name? Bram Stoker's estate sued them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, copyright infringement because it was too similar to Dracula. Um, okay. mm-hmm. And so they were like the studio was supposed to destroy it, and then they and then it got held on to. So it's like that wouldn't be new. <laughs> Pirates being the only thing pr- re- truly preserving media certainly is not a, is not a new. True. I do feel like we're in this weird stage of, like, a transferring over from, like, the age of, like, physical media being a thing, or at least home video releases being 
a great place where a lot of that stuff was preserved to sort of now when streaming services are being so um, segmented, you know, and like people are literally not releasing movies because it's a tax write-off, you know? Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> Fucking bad, the bad girl movie. I don't want to hear shit from anyone about how they, why they're releasing the Flash when they pulled that crap with Batgirl. Yeah. Yeah, just fucking. Because what the fuck is that? Seriously, I want to understand. If you can fucking pull Batgirl for a tax write-off, what? why the fuck are you still releasing The Flash? And to be clear, like, I think they should release both movies. I don't think pulling the move, like... But, like, it's so fucking offensive to me. It is. You don't like, have a good reason for either of these things. Like, there, no, no, there's absolutely no good reason for this to be the situation at hand here. <sighs> I saw snippets of um, Brendan Brendan Fraser on um, on the Howard Stern show recently, and then she would just you could just tell on Brendan's face it just was like disappointed completely. Oh yeah, he yeah, was they, really, he was really excited about it. Yeah, I think they had all everyone had good reason to be disappointed because from what I can tell, this was such a big passion project, and we're not going to get to fucking see it in the for, at least not in the foreseeable future, you know. Even if it wasn't a great movie, what isn't? It still needs to be out. Look, look. It doesn't matter if the movie's good or not. If you can, if if some studio (laughs) thought Suicide Squad 2016 was worth putting in a theater and making people pay for it, yeah. What the like? I don't about the movie's good. Like we all know that. I think here. Right. No, it isn't. It's. 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 Here's the thing, this movie is not going to stay, like, it's basically a completely finished movie. It's not going to stay shelved. Right, like, I... I, I think if the fucking Snyder Cut can finally see the light of day, there's hope for fucking Batgirl, but... (laughs) I doubt so. I doubt the same chuds who are going on about releasing the Snyder Cut are going to give a shit for Batgirl, though, so... But sooner or later, there's... A handful of things are going to happen sooner or later. Someone is illegally going to get their hands on it, and it's going to get released to the public. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of hope so. Which, yeah. I, I or, hope so, too. Um, the the powers that be at Warner Brothers are going to um, change hands in enough ways and enough time that they're going to find a legal loophole to rigmarole out of whatever tax write-offs they were getting from not releasing the film and they're going to release the movie like one of those things is going is inevitable to me it's just a matter of which happens first yeah because there's too much demand for it at this point and the way that the internet is and the way that piracy is going and the the general public reaction to this decision like it's just not going to last at least that's, no it's not i i stand by that pretty staunchly i, I just <laughs> it's just that we just have to wait in a way that's bullshit and is annoying but you know <sighs> so 
I guess we'll have to do a marathon of the uh, the deep dub of Sailor Moon followed by the eventual release of of Batgirl. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just going to go through the deep dub of Sailor Moon. I'll come back with occasional updates of what the fuck is this? <laughs> Look, I complain, but I'm happy it's here. So. No, yeah. I I get excited when I see something like some super shitty movie getting like a fucking Blu-ray release from some small company. I think that's amazing. The fact that Manos, The Hands of Fate, has a Blu-ray makes me very happy. <laughs> There's a Rift Tracks movie. Uh, it's a movie that Rift Tracks did. It's not a movie they, they, you know, that they riffed or whatever, but it's not one that they made themselves. What I'm trying right. to say is it's incredibly terrible, and it's not Birdemic. It's, it's a Sasquatch one. Uh, and it has a Blu-ray, uh, and it's god awful. But I'm, it's called Sub- Suburban Sasquatch. I think um, my friend showed me a bit of that one. Yeah, you're right. That is horrible. <laughs> that and it's like a masterpiece. I don't know what you guys mean. <laughs> the the special effects in the movie look like they were done in like MS Paint. Like <laughs> I love that. It's it's so cheesy. Actually, you know what, Lizzie, if you want a copy of the Rift Tracks version, I can send you a file. I, lo- I just love it when things are bad. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of do as well. I mean, I like there are some bad movies that are just entertaining. Like, <laughs> I got to give the creators of this Suburban Sasquatch movie a lot of credit, though. So they released it on Blu-ray, and you can buy it on Amazon. One of the special features is the Rift Tracks version, which is amazing. Oh, that's beautiful. At least they are self-aware enough to be like, yeah, it's perfect. (laughs) Do you remember when Sandra Bullock showed up to the Razzies to accept her uh, Worst Actress Award? Yeah, uh, Halle Berry did that too, right? Yeah, Halle Berry also. Like, I think Halle Berry was, like, one of the first, so. Huh? It was was for Catwoman that Halle Berry was. It was for Catwoman. Yeah, 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 it was. I don't know. See, like, I like that, I like that kind of thing. I like it when actors and and filmmakers know that they, I don't really like the Razzies as an organization much, but just like the energy of like, yeah, I did something terrible. Well, like, you, you gotta have pride in your work. And I'm speaking as someone who's had a few, had like one or two dud performances, I guess you can say. Like, I got a comment the other day on one of my videos about playing Mr. Shiny in Deadly Night, and someone said, bro, your voice acting in that game was shit. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind of was. I, I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> I, did, I did my job. I, they, wanted, they wanted ham. I went full ham. It wasn't a good performance, but it's what I did. <laughs> no, I want. mean, sometimes that's what it is, right? Uh, like... I'm sure some of these people making these bad movies are fully aware how bad they are. You know, like, the fun of it is being so ridiculous. Oh, yeah, Uh, it's like, I don't know, and just speaking on a personal level, just acknowledging that you were in something that was kind of bad and that you may have done bad in is, is like, I guess I I just like acknowledging it because it just... I needed one bad performance in my, under my belt. People kept praising me. So people kept praising me for shit. I wanted one bad performance. <laughs> well, is it really bad if that's that's the performance that you were asked to give? And yeah, I yeah, that's kind of where that's kind of the rub on that situation, you know, because like you know there are just as many people who will say tell you my performance in that game was shit 
as there are people who thought that performance was amazing. So well, it's like you gotta judge, and I've always said this: you have to judge things based on what it's trying to be, mm-hmm. not on what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And that game is very much I could tell is wanting to be silly. And it's, yeah, it's 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 a silly it's a silly grungy like grindhouse like, thing, right? Grindhouse game like horror game, and like I just I I don't know I. That that's probably one of that's all I I I know I talk about that role a lot, but that's probably just because that's one of the most endlessly fascinating roles I've ever done. If I'm being honest, like I think that might be one of your most like prominent roles too, in terms of like people seeing it, or at least through like a certain gaming lens, right? Yeah, like I think it's the most popular video game role I ever did, and like before. Inanimate Insanity, it was probably the most popular role I ever done, just in general, so. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, yeah, I think that's just because a lot of, the funniest thing was always just the streamers and Let's Players playing it and seeing just their reactions to all the dumb shit that I said, so. I was watching uh, Critical play, play it. <laughs> Critical's video, no joke, is my favorite video on Deadly Night I've ever seen, just because <laughs> I... Keep in mind, I've been watching this guy since high school, and now here he is suddenly imitating my fucking voice. Do you know how much of a fucking honor that is for me? <laughs> no, that's that's amazing. Well, though, that's really exciting. Yeah, like, I remember when that video came out, I shared it with my friend who I watched a lot of critical videos with back in the day, so. <laughs> and I was like, dude! That that uh, that reminds me when I uh, <laughs> uh, I'll have to find it for you guys and share it for you. It's not going out publicly, but the time I got to uh, meet up with uh, Markiplier years ago. Oh, oh that's um, Yeah, I was at a convention, and this is before he became capital M Markiplier. Like to me, he was still he was like big he was still really. So yeah, not not like he was big Markiplier, not one of the most successful, con- you know, content creators on the internet. Uh, this is when he was just like gaining that traction. So like I I I wasn't out at that time, of course. Wasn't really even like I don't think I was even like out to myself at that point. But um, yeah, I met him at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, I got a picture with him. And he loved my cosplay, which I'm not going to share here. But uh, uh, and I made a video with him on his Facebook at the time. Oh, nice! So he was super nice. I I really do hope he's he's just as uh, I think so, just as cool as he was when I met him then. Uh, everything I've seen generally says he's a pretty chill dude. So he's one of the few that I keep following. So he's yeah. yet to do something super terrible. Which is um, unique in the era of the internet that he um, comes from. Right. Yeah. I think the only controversy, and I put that in quotes that I ever saw him get a part of, is I remember back in the day he made a video talking about YouTube drama, and it was kind of aimless, I guess, but it wasn't anything offensive. Like he just <laughs> seemed like well, he kind of was trying to talk about a topic he didn't really know how to talk about. So. I've seen some people also try and, because, like, you know, Mark Implier, like, would not even necessarily make collab projects, but, like, would be friendly and friends with and interact with, like, other people who were probably, who were big at the time. Mm-hmm. Who, like, you know, later on, it's like, oh, actually, that person fucking sucks. 
You mean PewDiePie? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like you, you could say his name. Like, it's not like he came out and defended him after the fact. <laughs> right. It's like giving shit to Markiplier just because he did videos with PewDiePie back in the day would be like giving shit to any former Channel Awesome employer just because they did work with Doug Walker at one yeah, point. Yeah, <laughs> do that shit. Like, with act, like, both in, like, like, with actors and film projects and music and, like, everything. People do that. Like, oh, you worked with this person 15 years ago. Why don't you have something to say, say <laughs> about this bad thing your actor's being accused of doing now? It's like, I don't, what does that have to do with me? That was kind of what someone attempted to cancel me for because I guess someone I did voice work with, it, it turned out to be bullshit, but they claimed that, like, a company I did voice work for did some problematic shit, and I looked into it and found it was bullshit, but even if it was legit, sure, I'd do something about it now, but to give me shit for something I wouldn't have even fucking known about. Well, I, like, I saw that something to you re- a little bit recently, and it's because of that 90s show thing, but, like, someone right. asked... Ashton Kutcher about the Danny Masterson situation, and it's like, that's not, what, what does this have to do with Ashton Kutcher? Right. He, yeah, he didn't, he, he's not, he's not Danny. He's not Danny Masterson, and it's because, like, they were, I can't speak to how close they were, but they did remain, like, friendly after the show, and his only, like, he gave such a diplomatic, but clearly rushed answer just like I would love it if he were ba- that basically boiled down to I'd love for the charges to come back not guilty but I'm not the perpetrator the lawyer the prosecutor or the victim so like I can't I can't speak on the case and it's like well, what the fuck else do you want him to say right like and I remember like people having a similar re- people in the cast for um, Genshin Impact having a similar response to the um, Elliot Gindy situation that happened all of last week, if any either of you saw that. No, I hadn't seen that. What happened? So um, El- Elliot Gindy, who was a voice actor who got a lot of prominence due to voicing a character in Genshin Impact, um, it was pretty much revealed that they had been having pretty sexual, like, back-and-forths with minors and everything and harassed mm. people and um, also didn't have... Like, like, also had interactions with ace and uh, lesbian women saying that he could change them, which... <sighs> and it was just this whole fucking can of worms that the guy pretty much admitted to. It was one of those I'm sorry, but apologies, where it's not really an apology, but, hey, you fucking admitted it at least so we can get confirmation that you're a shit. <laughs> I'm sorry I got caught, you mean? Pretty much. That's, that's what the apology boiled down to. And, yeah, I remember there were... I think I did see, like, a few people talking to other um, Genshin Impact actors and trying to see, like, what their view on it was or if they had anything to say. I, I know a lot of them did speak out just because they felt it necessary to at least talk about the situation, mm-hmm. especially with how big of a fandom Genshin has. So, mm. But I don't know. I, I just find it weird to bother fucking any of these actors Like, because of this guy who they had no clue was even doing this shit. And uh, the folks behind Genshin responded appropriately and said that they were going to find a new actor to replace him in future updates, so. Or also super recently, um, one of Jenna Ortega's uh, co-stars on Wednesday Mm -hmm. has some sexual harassment allegations floating around right now. Oh, no. 
Um, and they involve minors, so it's like extra icky. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but like Jen, the day after this news broke, Jenna Ortega's like entire fucking Instagram is just people asking her to comment on the situation, and it's like I don't. <laughs> I don't think what anyone. It's about her. Right. I don't think anyone who stars alongside an actor who did a shitty thing is under any obligation to speak on an issue if they don't want to. Like, just because they were attending, yeah, they were attending events related to their show together, that doesn't make them best friends, and that doesn't make, even if it did make, even if they were friends, this is an issue I generally have, like, even if they were, like, dating, if they were best friends, like, why is it her job to, like... Directly address the situation. You don't fucking even, you don't even know. You don't even know what these people's actual relationship is to each other, and you're making it their problem. I remember the same thing happened with West Side Story. Everyone was demanding that Rachel Zegler say something about the, um. Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort thing, because almost all of that movie was shot before those allegations came out. And it's like, I don't, what do you want her to say? This is not her problem. And it's so weird that you always make it a random co-star's problem. Right. So ridiculous. Yeah. Sorry, it's a point of, like, super issue for me. I also, it's the same thing. I remember also when the whole, when all of the big Lindsay Ellis drama, drama was happening, like, a year, Uh two years ago or whatever it was. I remember, like, all the people being like, why aren't all of the left tubers coming out in droves to condemn Lindsay Ellis? I was like, why do you need them to do that? What fucking business is that of yours? That was... It's not the responsibility of the people around that person to, to, to hold the weight of that person's perceived wrongdoings. Right. Yeah. And I say perceived as in in the situation you mentioned, you know, there was a lot of nuance to that discussion. But like someone, I don't know. I just think in any situation, it's weird to put that on the the people around them rather than the actual person or perpetrator. It's always like I. It's always so much guilt by association. If you don't come out and talk about why you should talk about whatever personal conversation you had with someone who you knew personally for like 10 years. So why do you need that from me? This isn't your fucking issue. This isn't your business. Like it's always so, it's always so profoundly weird and inappropriate to me. It's very inappropriate. It's very invasive. Very. You know, we, we, I feel like, I feel like, wait, I, I, my mind's trying to click back. How do we get to this point? <laughs> it, it's weird because I don't even think this was on the docket of talking about stuff when we talked about it before the call. What's the docket of things we were going to talk about? Uh, uh, I already talked about Sailor Moon. Uh, I thought uh, Titanic. Either of you want to... Oh, Titanic. I thought Titanic. Guys, I saw Titanic in the theater for the very first time in a theater. I've seen Titanic before, just for the first time in a theater. I've Uh never finished it. You've never finished? You've never seen all of Titanic? I'll do you one better. I'll do you one better. I never watched it. I've never watched a single frame of it beyond, like, like clips on YouTube, so. Oh, you bitches. You're so, oh, my God. (laughs) 
I'm sorry. This is one of the best movies ever made, and I'm not saying that. I am so glad <laughs> Ash isn't here because I'm just having this image of both y'all pointing guns at me, hoping I want and forcing ah! me to watch it. Titanic is such, and this I I stand on this hill so ferociously that Titanic is up there with like Jaws and The Wizard of Oz and and Psycho as just like a handful of nearly perfect examples of filmmaking. Okay, but tell us how you really feel. <laughs> oh, it's so perfect people who and people who shit on titanic are full of shit you are stuck in a misogynistic 90s contrarian attitude that is the most obnoxious thing on the planet because but what, no. but what if somebody doesn't actually like it like genuinely are they are they wrong yes okay <laughs> all right that's the so, answer so uh crystal why'd you stop why'd you not why'd you not finish it <laughs> because i was like 12 and it was Fucking boring. <laughs> what the fuck do you mean? Oh, I, I, I don't know. Maybe a, maybe a three, water. maybe a three-hour hour movie of people on a boat. Crystal, Crystal, You know how you know how I got you to listen to Taylor Swift, and it changed your life. <laughs> Yes. Okay, so we're doing this again now. <laughs> I'm you from your internalized. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute. Internalized misogyny when I was 11 or 12 years old? Yes. <laughs> I was a children. You know, it's funny that it's just just Leonardo DiCaprio's ugly face on a boat for three hours. Leonardo DiCaprio was so pretty. He looks like a bunch lesbian in that movie, especially. I just find it funny that I didn't, I haven't watched it at all. Yet Crystal's the one getting the most shit. For something I did when I was 11 or 12 years old, by the way. I don't care. See, I knew, I knew it was because you stopped it because you didn't like it. So that's why I asked. I knew, I knew it would cause conflict. I am so evil. It's, it's really funny how, uh, Leo's girlfriends aren't old, old enough to have seen the movie. And They're Jesus. all younger than <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio's second best uh, performance in any movie ever. What's your favorite? I think his best performance is in Wolf of Wall Street, and him not winning best actor for that, I think, is a crime. I'm going to say my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio performance is probably Django Unchained because he was such a bastard. Oh, he was good in that one, too. This is the problem. Is Leo's kind of icky because he's always targeting these... Mm-hmm. These super young women, but also Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the best actors of the last 25 years, so it's... <laughs> just stop just stop while you're ahead, Leo. I'm begging. 
Oh, uh, I just this. Oh God, my 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 stomach my stomach's a little <laughs> sore now because I was laughing way too fucking hard. Okay. Anyways, I'm gonna keep talking about everything that makes Titanic great. You mean mid, right? I'm staying out of this. I've I've never seen the fucking movie. I don't have a horse in this race. Titanic is a perfect example um, of the, first of all, the rich girl, poor boy, um, melodrama, romance dynamic, infinitely superior to all others. I love it so much. It brings me so much joy because she will abandon all of her wealth and comfort because she loves him. James Cameron won't do the same thing, though. No, fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) This is James Cameron's best movie. I'm so so annoying about it, but it's true. I'm sorry, what? No, wait, wait. I gotta do this. I gotta do this. Terminator goddamn 2. Terminator goddamn 2. Yeah, Terminator 2. Terminator is a better movie than the second one. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, you're high. <laughs> no, I'm just correct. Wait, no, you're like, not. I'm so annoying about this with Alien. More so with Alien. Aliens is better. No, Aliens, yeah. Aliens is better. No. Yes. Aliens, the Terminator 2 are better than Titanic. No. It's just that. And, and Terminator, two, Terminator 2 tops all of them, and Terminator 2 makes yeah. me cry. Fuck you. T2 is better. No. It's okay to accept failure. It's, yeah, no, it's okay that, to be, you it's can okay to be wrong. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, you're wrong. Fuck you. Two against one. This uh, is democracy, Lizzie. Yeah, this is democracy. No, we not. win. The point is, the point is, what I was able, this is the first time I got to see this movie in a theater, and what was fun about that for me is for the first time I was able to, like, really properly appreciate the scope of the action portion of the film. And the shape of the door, right? Oh, my God. You want to get pissy Okay, up. okay, Crystal, <laughs> I'm going to... Okay, now, Crystal, I'm going to tell you to shut the fuck up about that because I know about that, and I'm going to call bullshit. It's so fucking stupid. I actually wasn't going to argue that argument. I just make it a stupid joke. I know, but I hate that joke. It's the epitome of everything I hate about cinema sins, like TV tropes, era, ding, ding. I'm guessing the whole door shit is to... I'm guessing the whole door shit is to you what the eagles in Lord of the Rings are to me, so... Yeah, it's the exact same kind of, like, can you shut the fuck up and let the movie be a movie? No, 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 Lizzie, you can keep going. I'm sorry. I'm just having too much fun making fun of you. No, I actually was... First of all, let's address the biggest thing that drives me insane is all of this nonsense. It's addressed directly in the fucking movie. Jack tries to get on the fucking door with Rose, and it almost goes underwater because the buoyancy doesn't work with too much weight. It's not a matter of, like, the surface area of the door. The door isn't strong enough to hold both of them. It's, they show us that in the fucking scene. So as a starting point, shut the fuck up. Second of all, it's so annoying because it undermines, like, the point is not, the point of this movie, like, it's an undermining of, like, the emotional experience mm-hmm. of the movie, which is the whole point. It's very simply that Jack saved her in every way a human can be saved. 
He showed her that she didn't need to bow to the patriarchy or to her mother or to or fear not having access to the obscene wealth she spent her life um, afraid of losing. He freed her soul and her spirit, and he showed her what actual true love is, a thing that she's never felt, not from her abusive fiancé or her shitty, neglectful parents. Like, the whole point, she learned how to feel and how to love and how to be alive. And then he quite literally saved her life by making sure that she had the space on the boat over and over again during the sinking. He saved her life. He saved her soul and her heart and her life. And her heart will go on. In the fucking movie, at the end of the goddamn movie, we have a beautiful montage of all of her photographs of the beautiful, wonderful life she lived as an actress and as a pilot and horseback riding at Coney Island with one leg on each side, like a man. (laughs) And beautiful. And she lived to a ripe old age, and she had lots of babies and grandbabies, and watched them grow up, and she died warm in her bed. That is the point. That is the emotional core of this movie. I don't give a fuck that you think the door could have also been Jack. Shut up. So the point of the movie is that rich people should live. The point of the movie is that shut the fuck up, Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm getting from uh, Lizzie's whole uh, thesis here. Every complaint people have about this movie is ridiculous you know this oh, i mean why, that's that's why, my why is the why is the fiance so cartoonishly evil putting aside the fact that straight rich white men in 1912 were exactly I, that oh i can answer that i can answer this one let me answer this lizzie because it's billy zane <laughs> because it's a goddamn melodrama this is the other thing i can't stand i cannot stand people who go into these kinds of like super high emotion, um, intentionally um, dramatic, high, high, like like high melodrama stories, and get angry about the fact that the character types are big and arch. The and last time I tried to watch the movie, and I'm not gonna be mean about this, was when I watched the two part VHS tape. Crystal, like, this isn't fair. You can't stand here. You can't still be trying to say that you think the movie's not going to be good. Well, I could. No, I'm joking. You know I'm joking. I've been joking the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, it's just you're a bitch. Well, that's true. Bitch. Thank you. That's a really nice compliment you're giving me. Um, Look, I was doing substitute jobs in high school, in a high school today. I have a lot of pent-up rage. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) No, I will watch the movie. I actually plan to, but I think it's way funnier if I was just mean about it. <laughs> if you could go see, if you still have time, because it got extended, I think. I don't if think you, I'll have time or money to go see that, but I will find it another I, way. I will, Crystal, if you have an AMC near you, I can get you a free ticket. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, we'll I, talk about that. Unfortunately, I don't have an AMC near me. I have a Cinemark, so. I've got... Pretty much everything near me. 
I don't know. Maybe if I tell Ash I haven't seen it, maybe I can convince her to get me my ticket like she did for <laughs> Avatar 2. I don't know. I still haven't seen Avatar 2. I bet you can because me and Ash, after she saw me post on Twitter about how I had just gotten out of the theater, she immediately DM'd me and she was like, oh my god, wasn't that amazing? And I was like, oh my god, yes, was it? <laughs> I, I have a feeling if I don't give it, like, at least five stars, I'm going to be murdered. So, how would you feel if I gave it a 9 out of 10 and not a 10 out of 10? Rest in peace, Jazzy. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so, guys, I just told told Ash that Lizzie was giving me shit for not seeing Titanic, and she's, I think she's about to blow a gasket. She's like, wait, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I told you. Never seen Titanic? I assumed you did. Nope. And I'm reading this on gals. <laughs> if you want to insult my lack of movie watching. <laughs> I just, I just sent a DM, I just sent a DM to Ash that said I haven't seen Titanic all the way either. <laughs> I'm so mad she's not here. We could be tag teaming. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't reach out to her this time. <laughs> when I say when I say that I think Titanic is like on this pedestal of, of like I, I, when I say perfect, I mean like I'm saying it's perfect movie like right next to something like Jaws, which is such a radically different film. My point is just that I think that Titanic embodies everything that's great about the thing it's trying to be. Right. It's romantic and it's exciting and it's big and it's action-packed and it's melodramatic and it's giving getting the great performances from all of its actors who are all hitting the exact perfect note at every single point i only have like one major critique for this film and it's the way that um james cameron wrote of the fictionalized version of a real person yeah i heard about that as well and also ash said i just assumed you watched it my bad for spoiling that the ship sinks at the end (laughs) (laughs) not like for the most part i think the way he handles writing the real people is all pretty pretty good there's just one guy there's um his name was uh william murdoch i think who was a real officer on the boat and who by all means um actually handled his part his evacuation very well and a lot of survivors credited him with like saving their lives and in the film, he, they had, James Cameron had him like shoot someone, which did happen. Other officers were doing that, but this particular guy, according to like all of the survivors reports, didn't. Um, so that was, uh. Damn. Zero yeah. out of ten. Worst movie ever. That's the only thing. James Cameron <laughs> had to go to that guy's hometown in, I think it was Scotland and apologize. I'm sorry, James Cameron said, wiping his tears away with his billions of dollars. <laughs> it's like that scene in Zombieland when Woody Harrelson's using. <laughs> yeah. Cameron apologizing any single time. So if it works out for me to see them, if it works out for me to see the movie, I will come back to this podcast with with knowledge of the movie. Uh, yeah, I might watch it at some point. I don't know if I'll see it in theaters or if just watch it at home, watch it in the comfort of my home, but we'll see. Like, I was actually, I was actually debating seeing it in theaters while my girlfriend was here, but the only showings were in 3D, and I'm not, like, (laughs) 
like, I, I just kind of wanted to see it in 2D in case I didn't like it, you know, so I didn't feel like I wasted my fucking money. <laughs> plus, you know, plus, you know, my girlfriend and I kind of would probably want to kiss during points in the movie, and that would be hard to do with 3D glasses, just saying. I will say real quick, like I said, the thing for me that was very exciting about experiencing it for the first time in a movie theater was like fully being able to appreciate the scope of the um the thing. <laughs> I'm what? sorry. Go- <laughs> I I was interrupting you saying the the scope of the nudity. Uh, that's still a great scene. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. But yes, let's go with the shit you said, right? Sapphic's review the the nude scene in Titanic. <laughs> the scope of the action, um, in the film, like it's just a thing that I always knew was good, but I don't think I was never, I never ever like put nearly as much stock into how much, how good that part was, as much as I always have the romance and the melodrama. But, like, wow, first of all, just holy wow, the fact that these effects are from, like, 1997 holds up phenomenally. And the big part of that is because that it's not all CGI. Like, Kate Winslet still spends, like, a huge chunk of that movie swimming inside an actual, like, flooded hallway, flooded metal hallway, (laughs) holding an axe while there's sparks flying around. Like, it's great. But just the the scope of the sinking ship, it's really kind of a wonder to behold on a big screen in 3D. Like it was, it was pretty amazing. So what um, you're saying is, that, I've always been able to everything else. Like, and even it still looks good on a TV. Like it's it's not a movie you absolutely have to see in the theaters for it to be worth it. It's it's a great movie for I I don't even mind what I watch it over and over again. I love that movie. It's so good. I think the best way to watch it is on VHS. <laughs> with the two parts. Yes, yeah, so with the two parts where you have to you have to eject the tape and watch the other one. Yes. That is the that is the ultimate way of watching that movie. It is the peak way of watching the movie. Why isn't there a two tape version of the Snyder Cut? This was clearly how Zach meant for <laughs> Have I told you about the uh TikToker Titanic fan uh TikTok account about this? No. Uh, no. Okay. There's a t- there's a TikToker who is uh, a massive fan of Titanic, but he uh, he's kind of playing up a character. So okay, I've seen one video from this guy. Yeah, he's the one who has that like very kind of intentionally exaggerated voice. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, you probably run into him. He is collecting Titanic on VHS, and he is currently over twelve hundred, co- or at least one thousand thirty something copies at this point. Uh, and he revealed what his face looked like at, like, one number a 1,000, but, like, uh, I think his next goal is 1,997 for the release year. Uh, but people keep sending him copies of Titanic on VHS, and his, the room that he has it in is quite, uh, quite amazing. <laughs> it's a Titanic room. <laughs> It's too much, right? It's too much. I My girlfriend said something to me a little while back. We came across this video on TikTok, which was this girl talking about how her entire personality is Taylor Swift. Okay. And my girlfriend looked at me, and she, she was saying how it's like, you know, I couldn't date someone like this. 
And for a second, I was confused because she kind of does date someone like that. I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, no, that's not true. Like, you love the things you love a whole lot, but you love a lot of things. Right. You don't dedicate this energy to one singular thing and nothing else. The thing is, I don't think this guy in particular in this instance is just solely dedicated to Titanic. I think it's a character he's created. Mm-hmm. You know, to have a collection because it's, it's unique. It's shitposting. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, it's pretty like, much shitposting. Yeah, like I have a friend who gives me like shitty movies and games as gift as kind of like a shitpost. Should I tell you what he got me for Valentine's Day? Yeah, <laughs> he got me yeah. Mass Effect Andromeda. I need to debate our friendship because I told him I didn't want to play that fucking game. So, <laughs> and I tried it, and yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Happy, like he's lucky I had my girlfriend's gifts for val like gift from for Valentine's Day to even it out. Otherwise, I'd be a little pissed that day. <laughs> I think the uh, the moral so far is that Mass Effect Andromeda bad, Titanic good. The moral is that uh, uh, women are better at getting Valentine's Day gifts than men. They fuck you, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in case you're curious, my girlfriend got us um, matching keychains with of puzzle pieces that each say she's mine and I'm hers. Aww. Oh, that uh, is incredibly sweet. <laughs> yeah, and I got her a music box um, that was themed on the Nightmare Before Christmas, um, with the inside having a picture of Jack and Sally in a heart, and the music box plays "This Is Halloween." That's cute. That's very cute. Yeah. It's way too adorable. You know, Titanic probably would have been a good Valentine Valentine's Day movie. I I, I suppose. Like I said, I like I said, the only reason we didn't is because the only reason I, I just like I I we had briefly talked about it a bit like before her visit, but the only reason I didn't like pers- like ask her if she wanted to do that is because again, the only showings that were at the theater near us were in three days, so. I think that's part of why it got its release here around Valentine's Day. I think they knew that that was when it was going to be the most successful. Like, that, the Titanic and getting re-released in 3D in theater is going to be successful no matter what. But, like, around Valentine's Day is a really <laughs> peak time. You're going to get a lot of people saying, oh, it's for Valentine's Day. That's a good Valentine's yeah. Day movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I when I think Valentine's Day, I, I think someone, I think uh, someone freezing to death and every and thousands and hundreds of people sinking to their doom. Yes. Yes. Real people. Yeah, like yeah. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. My Valentine's Day movie was that Your Place or Mine movie on Netflix with Ashton Kutcher. I think for Valentine's Day, like, Jordy and I watched Scream, if I'm not mistaken, so. (laughs) That is such a gay movie for Valentine's Day. It is. Um, She had, like, she's trying to get into horror, and I thought, like, we were debating between Scream and Alien, and um, we went with Scream, because I think it's honestly a really good casual type of movie for someone not experienced with the genre, and she ended up really fucking loving it. She, She ended up really fucking loving it, so. I agree with that for sure. It's a good movie. It's it's a good starter horror movie because it is definitely for sure. Like it's a horror movie if you're not really like 
cheat, like, like wussing out with it, but it's also, like, not, it's, it's not too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a excessively gory movie, even yeah, though it's gory it parts. <laughs> Which is so funny, it's so funny, because Scream is not an excessively gory movie, but that sure as fuck didn't stop the MPAA from giving Wes Craven shit after shit after shit about it. Yeah. I've been hearing about the history a bit of the Scream movies through Dead Meat, and I've actually been watching through um uh get, to get ready for Scream Six. We watched um yeah we we followed it up with two, and um yeah yesterday or either yesterday or the day before my room yesterday my roommates and I watched uh, Scream Three, and uh, yeah that was a movie. <laughs> I have complicated feelings about Scream Three. It's I funny. Like- I like some of the ideas behind it. I, I respect what it was going for. I just don't think it comes together very well. I think that's a good thing, a good analysis of that one. But at this, look, it's hard for me to completely hate a movie that has Carrie Fisher playing herself, giving Carrie Fisher shit. <laughs> no, not playing herself, playing a Carrie Fisher <laughs> playing a character who gives Carrie Fisher shit. <laughs> Like, it's hard for me to completely hate a movie that has that and also Patrick Warburton for a little bit. It, I can't hate it. Like <laughs> The movie has lots of good bits. It really, really does. It has a lot of strengths going for it, and that's what keeps me from ever being able to hate it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a mess for sure. Oh, we wanted to talk about one last thing um, before we wrap up, and I just wanted to bring it up. Is Jazzy, you saw Megan? I did. It was very good. I I fucking love horror comedy so much, and this movie really accentuates why. I laughed. I went. I like my friends and I were like enjoying all the gory shit as well as all the funny shit. It was a really fun movie to see with friends, especially like. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, it was very fun. Also, uh, also Megan is queer icon. So <laughs> that dancing though. Oh yeah, the dancing was fun, but there was I don't I dare not spoil it for anyone who hasn't see, who hasn't seen it like in terms of listeners because there's just so much in this movie that was so great to see blind honestly. <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of it that was surprising. I think we talked about, Lizzie, last time, we talked about I love the cold opening of the, uh, it goes yeah. right into the commercial. Oh, the commercial. The the commercial at the beginning. The commercial at the beginning made me lose my shit. I was yeah, it was so really hard. funny. I, I was laughing so fucking hard at that. But we were also, we were talking about a similar thing last week when we talked about it too, Jazzy, which is that, like, it's difficult to talk about what makes a comedy really, really great because, like, it's good because because it's funny, and you can't really describe what's funny about it without ruining the jokes. It's way funnier to go in. Right, which is why I'm trying to keep my opinion as general as possible. Let's just say, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was very funny. Um, I think I had a few issues pacing-wise with it, if I remember my, like my overall opinion correctly. But honestly, it's more than makes up for it with the fun factor. I, I really enjoyed it, and I was pleasantly surprised. So, And I'm sure we're all looking forward to Megan 2.0. Fuck yes. I'm very curious how it's going to move forward, but excited nonetheless. Mm-hmm. 
Um, uh, I do know it's coming to Peacock pretty soon. So, um, I, if you want to spoil talk on that film after it hits Peacock, that's always a possibility in a few weeks. You said talk. I did say that. I also said P. <laughs> P. I am very funny. I am hilarious. Uh, and, uh, I guess the homework assignment for me is to find time to see Titanic. Yes. Same. <laughs> I guess I should. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah. We'll have to have Ash on again soon. Uh, and with, with that said, uh, do you want to plug where people can find you? Uh, you can follow me at Lizzie Lemon Drop on Twitter or at The Final Whore on TikTok. You you can find me at Lady Jazzington on Twitter, Jazzy Oliver on YouTube, and my website, jazzyoliverbo.com. Also, keep in, also, by the time this episode one, um, has come out, the new episode of Inanimate and Sandy will have been out for a couple days. Go check that out, because I had really, I had a lot of fun recording that one. You definitely should go do that. And, uh, with me, you can, you can follow me on Twitter at Crystal W Rocks. In my bio, I have a link tree which goes to all my other socials and stuff. So, you can find me anywhere. Um, and, with that being said, thank you for listening to another episode of the Gauss Geekdom Podcast. We will be here next time. I, I hope you enjoy your week and, uh, stay, stay above water, please. Do not go on a giant ship. Never let go. And she did it! She didn't let go! She kept her promise! (laughs) He wasn't making her promise to not let go of his hand! She was supposed to never let go of the promise that she was going to live her life to the fullest! Please! End this now! End it now! Bye! Ah!